Well, in today's Mink blog, I want to introduce you to Kat Cattinson. She's a singer, science enthusiast, and a detransitioned woman. And she's worth listening to, far more than any radical New Zealand politician or Ministry of Health or radical doctor who wants to try and change the sex of a child with medicalization and surgery. Let's check her out. So singer Kat Cadenson is 30, she's from Santa Cruz in Northern California and she grew up as a female but identified as male from the age of 13 and she started to fully transition to become a man in March 2020 after spending years struggling with gender dysphoria and she ultimately decided to transition back to living as a biological reality of female a year ago after identifying as this transgender man for 15 years. Now, here's a key point. If Kat had been 13 today, through the efforts of gender activists and therapists, politicians and health authorities, Kat could have been pushed through puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, well, it should be called wrong-sex hormones, and surgical operations to remove her breasts and have fake genitalia put on her body. Fortunately, she didn't. Have a listen to her story. Hi, I'm Kat and I'm a detransitioner. When I was 13, I didn't want to be a girl. My body rapidly morphed into something I didn't recognize. Weight gain, growth of my hips and breasts, and stretch marks made me feel like I was wearing a costume I couldn't take off. Boys now ogled my chest or told sex jokes in front of me. Girls I was once friends with ostracized me. Adults made comments about my body and how it had developed. To escape the discomfort, I turned to watching anime and perusing online forums. I also developed an eating disorder, which I continued to struggle with for the next decade. I thought that if my body was slim, strong, and muscular rather than soft and curvy, I would be worthy of respect. My true self was hiding somewhere underneath this disgusting shell. It was around this time that I was first introduced to gender ideology when I came across a website for female to male transgender people. I learned about gender dysphoria, described as the uncomfortable feeling of incongruence between one's biological sex and her gender identity. I know it's a lot of air quotes. I, I don't have a choice. After reading this, I had an epiphany. Gender dysphoria, that's what I have. Finally, I now knew of a legitimate medical, medical condition that explained why I hated my body so much. The website included photos of bearded trans men with prominent scars on their chests. I learned that if a person had gender dysphoria, it meant he was transgender, and the only treatment was to transition. There were links to buy binders and packers, find out how to obtain testosterone, and access legal name change information. Basically, a one-stop shop for transitioning. This easily accessible website, easily accessible website had sections completely inappropriate for 13-year-olds, like how to have sex as a trans man, the various types of bottom surgeries, meaning phalloplasty, metoidioplasty, hysterectomy. Someone in the forum boasted that her phalloplasty result was identical to male genitalia in appearance and function leading me to believe that complete sex change was possible. 
I could be a man, and I had been right. My body was the problem. It wasn't aligned with my male brain. And I couldn't be happy until I transformed myself with hormones and surgery. I decided that as soon as I was, as soon as I was able to, I would take all the measures necessary to transition. This was back in the early 2000s, so it wasn't so easy. I was not affirmed by my parents, teachers, peers, or my pediatrician. But I never stopped longing for life as a man. If I was a California teenager today, my delusion and self-hatred would have been affirmed. I would have been told that yes, my body was the problem. I would have been offered puberty blockers, which could have led to permanent effects like osteoporosis, stunted brain development, infertility, and lifelong sexual dysfunction. I may have had my breasts removed before they were finished growing. I could have had a hysterectomy, greatly increasing my risk of heart disease and leaving me dependent on testosterone in injections for the rest of my life. After years of obsessive rumination, I began medically transitioning. Testosterone did not prove to be a magic elixir as I had hoped. It caused health issues and the loss of my singing voice. I was a semi-professional singer, so this impacted me financially as well as physically and emotionally. I made the difficult but worthwhile decision to detransition. While I still have to work through continuous vocal discomfort and pain, I survived adolescence and early adulthood with my body intact. I still have the option to have children, breastfeed, and have intimate relationships. But tragically, a rapidly growing number of detransitioners cannot say the same. Here today are people of all ages who have suffered irreversible physical and psychological damage due to being ushered down the trans path. And our stories are just the beginning. Today, gender ideology is being taught in schools, promoted on social media, and even featured in kids' TV shows. Children are being groomed to believe they could be in the wrong body and that it's perfectly acceptable to reject the biological reality of your sex and seek surgery to change it. The number of youths identifying as transgender in the US doubled between 2017 and 2020, recorded at 300,000 as of 2020. And this is likely even higher now. WPATH, which proposes guidelines by which the AAP abides, recently removed the age requirements for gender-affirming procedures and all safeguards. From WPATH's self-described standards of care version 8, appendix D, an adolescent must demonstrate the emotional and cognitive maturity required to provide a formed, informed consent slash assent for the treatment. Let's be real. No adolescent can consent to this. Consent laws exist because we are aware that the human brain does not fully develop until approximately age 25. If a minor cannot consent to sex before age 18, drinking alcohol before 21, or renting a car before age 25, why does WPATH and the AAP consider them capable of consenting to experimental drugs and disfiguring surgery? Yeah, it's a very powerful story, isn't it? Uh, I have to excuse the uh, camera work there. Obviously, somebody holding an iPhone. But you'll note that she refers to WPATH. Now, WPATH stands for the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. I've talked about this previously, and their guidelines are considered the gold standard for the field of healthcare. Healthcare. 
uh, care, I use that loosely, uh, for those diagnosed with gender dysphoria, widely used in hospitals and clinics uh, across the US, Canada and the UK, and influential to some major medical groups, but they also have significant influence in New Zealand. Uh, and that's because transgender research and policy comes out of the University of Waikato's Trans Health Research Lab. And unfortunately, that unit is driven by activists and an agenda rather than science and independent research. In fact, it's now in conflict with the science. Uh, to give you an idea of the activists, the director of the Waikato unit is a trans woman who just also happens to be on the executive committee of WPATH. Look, if you know a parent facing this dilemma with their own child, show them this video. If you know a child facing this dilemma and receiving bad advice, show them this video. Are there any examples in New Zealand of young people who have detransitioned? We'd love to hear from them. Please get them to contact us in total confidence. We will respect their privacy, but we want to hear their testimony. There's the email address. We need to hear these stories. Mm -hmm.